Today we continue our study in 1 John chapter 1. So would you please turn there in your Bible? And if you're using the Bible provided for you here in Fairfield, this should be on page 862, 1 John chapter 1. You only get one shot at life on earth. And the Bible says that while you're here, your most important job is to know that you know God and to be prepared to meet him when this life ends. So you would think that everyone would be serious about getting to know who God is. But for most people in the world, that is just not the case. To most people, God is kind of a joke. Uh, most people throw around God's name like a punctuation mark or even a curse word. Or they refer to God as the man upstairs or the big guy in the sky. And most never even get close to serious about knowing who God really is. And you would think that it would be different among Christ-following people, but sadly, many believers also operate on a very low view of God. Christ-following people don't tend to treat God as a joke, but many are so flippant in the way they refer to God and so casual in the way that they brush off God's commands and demands on their life that it's apparent that they have either lost sight or they never had sight of who God really is. And to those who think of God as so small that he's just my buddy, or to those who think of God as so weak that it doesn't matter whether my life pleases him or not, to those who think of God as so ordinary that it's he's not worth sacrificing for, to those who think of God as so familiar that there's no need to take him seriously, John says, let me tell you who God really is. God is light. This is 1 John chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. John says that the all important message that he received from Jesus is that God is light. And this is the starting point uh, for knowing God as he really is. So let's let's study uh, this by asking and answering two questions about knowing God in his light. Question number one is, what does it mean that God is light? And question number two is, how do I know that I know God in his light? Our first question is, what does it mean that God is light? When John announces that God is light, John is referring to at least two aspects of God's personality. First, God is light means that God is morally pure. When John says that God is light, we know that John is primarily referring to God's moral purity because of that little phrase he adds to uh, the, uh, the uh, idea that God is light in verse 5. To the idea that God is light, John adds that little phrase, in him there is no darkness at all. 
And then throughout this letter, John uses darkness as a metaphor for sin. And so John says that there is nothing morally impure or sinful in God. God is pure and perfect. In this, John is summarizing the Old Testament's teaching on the holiness of God. The Hebrew word for holy means separate. And God's holiness means that God is totally separate from sin and sinful people. In the words of the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk, Lord, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. That God is totally separate from sinful humans is also expressed by the Apostle Paul in these words from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul says, God, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. So when John says that God is light, he is teaching the message that he received from Jesus that God is perfectly pure and unapproachable and separate and holy. This is who God is. And we need to stop here and uh, just reflect a little on why it is important that I understand this, that I understand that God is light in the sense that God is morally pure and perfect and holy. So let's talk about three reasons why I must understand God's purity in order to know God. The first reason I must understand God's holiness is because understanding God's purity gives me a proper foundation for a relationship with God. When you make a new acquaintance, uh, getting to know each other uh, has to start somewhere. And usually you shake hands and you give your new acquaintance your name or where you live or what you do for a living. And this information becomes the foundation for a relationship. Well, when you shake hands with God, the first thing God wants you to know about him is that he is morally perfect and pure. And the fact that God puts his holiness first in his introduction uh, says a lot about God and what is necessary to know about who he is. In fact, without knowing that God is holy first, it's impossible to really understand God and his ways. For instance, in my travels, I get into conversations with people who say to me, I don't understand God at all. I mean, if God is love, then how could he send people to hell? I mean, if, if God is all love, he wouldn't do that, right? If God is love, why doesn't he just forgive everybody? And why didn't he do that a long time ago? Why didn't, why did God even bother with all this extra work of sending Jesus to the cross so that he has to die and then waiting for people to individually uh, accept Jesus before God forgives them? And then well, I just don't understand God. Why doesn't God just wave his hand and give a little wink and say to everyone in the world, 
You're forgiven. I Just forget about it. The reason God can't do that, the reason He doesn't do that, is because before the truth that God is love, there comes a first truth that God is light. It is true that God is love. In fact, John himself will state those very words later in this letter in chapter four. But before the truth that God is love, there must come this first truth that God is light. The truth that God is light comes first, first in John's letter. Because it's first in God's revelation in Scripture. And in some mysterious way, it actually comes first in God himself. And there is so much I will never understand about God, about the Bible, about a relationship with God, unless I understand that God is light, is the first truth about God. John says in verse five, this is the message I heard from Jesus and I declare to you, God is light. Why was this Jesus message? It was Jesus message because everything Jesus did springs from this first truth that God is light. Everything Jesus did depends on this truth. Without this truth, the Old Testament that foretells Jesus makes no sense. The sacrificial system, the temple, the priestly laws, the promise of a coming Messiah makes no sense unless I understand first that God is light. Nothing about the Savior coming to suffer and die makes any sense unless I understand that God is light. The reason Jesus had to come and die is because God cannot just wave his hand and wink. God cannot have a relationship with me unless my sin is removed. It doesn't matter how much God loves me. God is light and he cannot have a relationship with me until I am first purified from darkness. This is why Jesus had to die. This is why I must personally accept Jesus. That's why John says in verse seven, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. God is holy light and I am sin dark. It doesn't matter how much God loves me. He cannot touch me. He cannot relate to me in my sin until my sin is removed by the blood of Jesus. Then I can have a relationship with God. There are no perfect analogies here, but let me ask you this. Um, do you have someone you long to be with, but uh, that person has died? Um, well, if you really love that person, why are you not with that person? And you would say to me, duh, it's because there's a bigger truth than the truth of my love for that person. The bigger truth is that I am a physical being. And no matter how much I love my deceased loved one, I am separated by who I am as a physical being. Well, the same is true for God. God is separated from me by virtue of who he is and who I am. Uh, 
Before Christ, I am dead to God. That's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. That before Christ, I am, according to Paul, dead in my sins. Doesn't matter how much God loves me, I am separated from him by death. And like I said, this analogy of, of love for your deceased loved one is not a perfect analogy. It's the best I could do uh, with the kind of short notice. I, I was a little short on time uh, for this message because I was really counting on the world coming to an end yesterday uh, and uh, woke up and realized, whoa, I anyway, uh, Jesus is coming back just not soon enough for this message. Uh, the second reason uh, why I must understand God's holiness is because. Uh, in order to know God, I must understand God's purity because it gives me a proper appreciation for God's forgiveness. Jesus came with the message that God is light. And when I truly understand the message of the unapproachable moral greatness and immense majesty of God, then I can appreciate how mind boggling is the love and forgiveness of of God for even me. When I first understand that God is light, then I can fully appreciate Jesus' follow-up message that this infinitely pure God of light is also my daddy. When I first understand God's purity, then I can fully appreciate the wonder that this holy God is also my Heavenly Dad, who cares for me and loves me and even sends his own son to sacrifice himself for me. If God is only love, then in a way he has to forgive. If God is only love, then in a way he must be merciful. And it's God's duty to be merciful to everybody. And if, he's, if it's his duty to be merciful to everybody, then he isn't really merciful to anybody. God is just doing what he has to do. But Scripture teaches that before God is love, God is light. And this means that God's mercy is costly, unexpected. And this amazing choice of God. God didn't have to sacrifice himself. He didn't have to save me. God chose to do it. And when I see this, I am filled with appreciation for God's mercy. I see how much it cost him to have a relationship with me. And this fills me with worship and gratitude and thanks and praise. Now, the third reason I must understand uh, God is light in order to understand or know God is because understanding God's purity gives me a proper expectation for my personal purity. Uh, this is certainly what John has in mind when he writes this in verse 6 and 7. Uh, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. God is light, and anyone who has a real relationship with God must also live in the light. God hates sin, and so those who truly know him will also hate sin, too. If God is only love, 
Well, it could be argued that God uh, is a pushover who just says, oh, boys will be boys. And he doesn't really care much about how I live because he's just going to wave off my bad behavior or my bad attitudes and the loving pat on my head. But this is not God. God is holy and he demands, not suggests, he demands that I live like him in his life. I heard recently a uh, true story about uh, a university professor from years ago. This old university professor lived a really selfish life. He pursued his own pleasures at the expense of other people. He was unfaithful to his vows. He was mean and greedy and foul-mouthed and had no use for God or his word. And then he got sick and then he got sicker. And when he was on his deathbed, somebody worked up the courage to ask him about his relationship with God. And whether he was afraid to die. To which the old professor replied, I have no fears about meeting God. God is love. And it's his job to forgive. Soon after, he died. And based on everything I know in Scripture, I can only say that I believe that when this old professor entered eternity, he had the awful experience of learning that he was deceived and he did not know God. If I really know God, in order to know God, I must know him as he really is. And Jesus told John that God is light, meaning that God is morally perfect and pure. There's one more aspect of God's personality embedded in John's announcement that God is light. Second, God is light means that God is personally glorious. Uh, Do not get the idea that because God is morally perfect and pure, that God must be some kind of grumpy, black and white, Killjoy, who is anti-life, anti-joy, anti-everything. Get that out of your mind, because it's absolutely wrong. That God is light means that God is glorious. This is the emphasis of the Old Testament passages that refer to the fact that God is light. The prophet Isaiah says in chapter 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. Passages like this make it clear that when God shines upon you, it is a very, very good thing. God's glory is this radiant beauty. God's brilliant blessing and God's sunny joy that brings the days of your sorrow to an end. That's what it means that God is light. John said that Jesus gave him the message that God is light. And sure enough, when we uh, turn to John's gospel, we read this in chapter one of John's gospel. In Jesus was life and that life was the light of all mankind. And then uh, skipping into chapter eight of the same gospel, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
To say that God is light is to say that God is life-giving and that He brings illumination and beauty and growth to everything He touches. You know, we take it for granted, but, you know, light has an interesting property in that light changes whatever it lands on. When light hits an object in the dark, it always changes that object from dark to light. Dark isn't like that. Dark doesn't do anything because dark is nothing. Dark is just the absence of light. Light, however, is a real something. And whatever light hits, it brightens and makes that object more like itself. Makes it light up. Same with God. God is light. And whenever God shines on a person, that person lights up and is made more like God. And that leads to the second big question that we're asking today, which is, how do I know that I know God in his light? Well, according to John, I know that I know God when my life shines with God's light. John implies this in verse 7 when he, when he says about walking in the light as God is in the light. But then in the next chapter, John makes this explicit reference to my life shining with God's light. When he writes in uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, I am writing you a new command. The truth is seen in him and in you because your darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Here, John is saying that I know that I know God when I am becoming more like God and I shine with his light. In the Old Testament, we're told that uh, God called Moses to the top of Mount Sinai. And there God met with Moses. Uh, God talked with Moses. Uh, Moses came to know God on that Mount Sinai. And in Exodus chapter 34, we're told that when Moses came down the mountain, uh, the people were shocked to see the change in Moses. Uh, they saw that Moses' face was beaming. And it wasn't just that he was full of joy. His face was literally shining. He was glowing because of who he knew. He knew God, God who is light. In the same way, the more you know God, the more your life will shine with a personal holiness that loves what is right. Shine with a personal purity that avoids evil and wrong. That shines with a cleansing from sin, sinful thoughts and deeds. Shine with a freedom from guilt through God's forgiveness. Shine with a slowness to judge people because you know how deep your sin goes. And you know how you are in no position to critique others. You shine with a quickness to forgive because you know that just like uh, God forgave you, you have now a responsibility to reflect that same forgiveness to those who hurt you. You shine with a love that reaches out to people like God's love reached you. You shine with a gratitude to God for His amazing grace. You shine with a radiant joy that comes with knowing that God is light. 
This is what happens when you know the God who is light. You become someone who shines. And I've had the opportunity to uh, know many shiners in my life. Those who prove that they know God by the way they shine. Let me describe one of those shiners I've known. He was a member of this church until he died about 20 years ago. And some of you already know uh, who I'm talking about. Uh, because if you've been around BlackRock uh, for a long time, uh, you know Ray and you know what a shiner uh, he was. Isn't that a great name for a shining follower of Jesus? His name was Ray. Ray Whittles and I became friends uh, when I was about uh, 24 years old. And I was just starting as a pastor here at Black Rock. Ray was 80 years old. And uh, every week we would meet for breakfast at his favorite diner. And we'd have our Bibles open before us. And Ray would show me uh, in his Bible, a well-worn Bible, uh, what he was reading. And uh, he would tell me uh, what he was learning uh, that he could apply to his life to beat the temptations that he was uh, facing so he could be more pure in his thoughts and his actions. At the end of our time, he'd stretch out his arms and his leathery hands would uh, get a grip on my hand. And we'd bow our heads and he'd pray uh, for me in a quiet voice. And every week the same thing would happen when we were praying. This noisy diner would just go a little bit hushed. And when we lifted our heads, uh, I would see people around us. And most of them were looking at us and uh, most of them were smiling. Ray loved telling people about Jesus. More than once I was there when uh, Ray was uh, making small talk with a new friend and then he would suddenly say, hey, by the way, have you gotten to know Jesus? And the person would say, well, I know about Jesus. And Ray would say, well, just about everybody knows about Jesus, uh, but you can be one who knows Jesus in a in a personal way. And whenever you want to talk about it, just let me know. And Ray led scores and scores of people to a relationship with God. Just like that. And Ray had many friends from his work and his neighborhood. And after a, a tennis game, uh, they would mentioned to uh, Ray that uh, they were having some problems and uh, and some troubles in their life. And Ray would say, well, you know, you can just give those troubles to God. Uh, and when you do, he gives you peace and strength. And would you mind if I pray for you right now? And with a stunned look, uh, these unchurched people would uh, say, yeah, sure. Thanks, Ray. And uh, in a few seconds into that prayer, I would watch as these friends and these neighbors would just begin to sob uh, in the presence of a man who is holy, but who really loved them. One day, uh, Ray was walking near his home and uh, two young guys roughed him up and took his wallet. And several days later, uh, Ray was uh, here in church and he fainted. And when he collapsed, uh, people assumed that the reason that uh, he fainted had to do with his hard week and uh, the trauma of being attacked. But then the real reason came out, not from Ray, but from uh, his doctor's report. The reason Ray collapsed was because in the days since his mugging, uh, he had been fasting and praying for those two young attackers, attackers that they would come to know God's love. And have a relationship with him. And I was with uh, Ray in the days before he died. He was in a lot of pain. 
And I'd say, uh, how are you, Ray? And he'd say, I'm just looking forward to seeing Jesus. And then he'd open that well-worn Bible and he'd read something that spoke about his trust in God and his desire to be pleasing to him to the very last day. And then he'd take a grip on my hands and in his pain, he would pray for me in his pain. He prayed for me. Ray was a shiner. And uh, Ray would be the first to say that uh, the shining was not from him. Uh, The shining was Jesus, who is the light of the world and who taught us that God is light. And that the true life really begins when you know that you know God is. In his light. When you know that you know God, you shine with a life that is pure, with a life that is clean and and holy more and more like God. You shine with a life that is slow to judge people and quick to forgive. You shine with a life that is full of love and gratitude with a radiant joy that comes with knowing that you know 